have your Bible with you or you want to use one in the back of the pew in front of you, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, New Testament book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. And I am also going to spend quite a bit of time in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, so if you want to go ahead and grab that one too, you get bonus points. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, we're working through the fruit of the Spirit, and this morning we are going to think about patience. I listened to a sermon from my pastor during college on patience, and as he opened, he said this, if you have patience mastered, you are free to leave right now. So I'm going to take him up on that too, and if you feel like you've got this covered, by all means, come visit me this week and teach me about patience. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. Let's read that together. This is the word of the Lord. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think you can tell a lot about us, for good and bad, by the artwork we hang up on our walls. Walk around this building and look at some of the artwork that's hanging up. Think about it. If you go into the office, there's a frame, piece of artwork, talks about love and hope and joy, but the greatest of these is love. You walk into the men's bathroom, and there's a little frame that says, where there is joy, there is power. I want to put money on this if I gambled, which I'm a Baptist pastor, so you know. I don't think there's a single piece of artwork in this building about patience. And if there is, it's love is patient. And so then I would argue that's not about patience, that's about love. I don't think if you walked up and down the aisles of Hobby Lobby and looked for your Christian-approved artwork that you would find a single frame about patience. This is the fruit of the Spirit that we all like to hate. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But brothers and sisters, this is the fruit of the Spirit. As we've been talking about for weeks, these are not traits that some of us are good at and others are less so. These are not skill sets. These are not personalities. These are attributes that God performs in us. If the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, this is the kind of fruit that comes out of your tree. So regardless of the artwork in our hallways, This 
fruit should decorate our lives. It should appear in our conversations and our relationships. Brothers and sisters, this is what I have for you this morning. Like it or not, God chooses to make his people patient. And he doesn't ask your permission. This is God's way of working in his people, patience. And it's even more than that, and I can't wait to show you. This morning, we're going to look at patience at three different levels. And by the end of it, I hope that you leave a little less angry at patience. All right? Now, you got to stick with me for a little bit. We've got to do some homework together. The first look at patience we're going to do is the word patience itself. The word in the original language literally is a combo word, but the two roots in this word are long and passion. Patience means a long passion. That word passion, not not in terms of that emotional experience we like to think about, but the passion of Jesus Christ, the cross. It means a long cross. That's what a patience is. That's what patience is. It is suffering for a long time. It is experiencing agony longer than you would wish. This fruit of the Spirit is the divine ability to face hardship in a godly way for a long time. Did you hear that? God makes you able to face suffering in a godly, Holy Spirit manner Not for a moment, but for a long time. A couple of things as as we listen to that definition. Patience is totally at odds with the TikTok microwave culture we live in. Where people don't even have enough patience to watch a 30-minute episode to get to the end. They want to read the headline and find out the spoiler with just a click of the mouse. We don't want to watch a three-hour baseball game just show me the 30-second highlights on SportsCenter. We don't even want to watch SportsCenter just give me the video on my app. Totally at odds with the way we want everything right here and now. This word also, by itself, this one word, by itself, kills the idea that God wants you happy, healthy, and rich. That God just wants you to be joyful and peaceful and loving and all of these other fruits, but not patient. God wants you able to suffer for a long time. Jerry Bridges writes, patience describes a godly reaction to a variety of situations. That's what we're here to think about this morning, the way you react. Not what happens in your life, but the way you respond to it. Jerry Bridges lists a number of ways this shows up in Scripture. It includes suffering mistreatment from other people without growing bitter. without growing resentful. It means having a godly reaction while you wait on God to answer your prayers. I think of Abraham. 
given the promise. How many nights he went and asked God to answer the promise, and in his impatience left his wife to make it happen himself. Patience, Bridges writes, is a godly reaction to adversity that causes you to persevere longer than you want it. Another writer suggests that this word patience includes, you got to hear this, church family. It includes the ability to put up with the weaknesses of others without getting quickly irritated or angry enough to want to fight back. See, today we think that we are entitled to never be ticked off. That we are so good and so worth it that we should never have a relationship where somebody bothers us. And we should never be a part of a church that makes a decision that frustrates us. We should never belong to anything that goes another way than, uh, than how we would choose to go. But patience, the way God makes his people, is to be able to respond to those like he would. To respond with grace, to give people room. Patience shows no surprise when trouble comes. Patience shows no attempt to get even even when enemies attack. Patience shows no quit when the pressure won't let up. Friends, where is patience today? It's ironic that we struggle with patience so much, but in 1 Corinthians 13, that famous chapter, the very first thing Paul says about love the very first thing Paul says about love is love is patient. Maybe, friends, may I suggest, if we struggle this much with patience, it shows we struggle that much with love. There should be one thought going through your mind right now, I hope, among others, at least this one thought. This is impossible. How can you expect me to respond in a godly way through all that I face, through all of the adversity, through all of the suffering, all of the backhanded comments that are coming my way, all of the things that are happening in my life that are not adding up? How do you expect me every single time to respond with patience? If you're thinking that, you're in a really good spot. Friend, if you think in your own strength you got this, that you have this ability to endure everything thrown at you in a godly way, if you think that somehow you can muster up enough endurance every single moment, every single day, you have a bigger problem than patience, friend. You have the problem of pride. This bar is so high that God expects from us with patience. We all should be struggling right now, wondering how in the world this is possible. Listen to what Jesus says. John 15 verse 4. Jesus says, 
abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Do you see that? As the branch cannot be patient by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Friends, guess what? It is impossible. It is impossible to be patient and respond in a godly way every single time unless you are abiding in the Lord. Friends, recognize this. When we talk about patience, we're not talking about some human achievement of being stoic in the face of trouble. We're not talking about the human strength of people like Gandhi who can endure all kinds of hardship. We are talking about something supernatural, a fruit of the divine, eternal, Holy Spirit of God. So how do we get that in our lives? Well, I want to take another look at patience, and I want to show you, friends, the glory of this word that we're talking about. This is not a negative word. If you are frustrated, if you are downcast at all of these explanations of patience, you're seeing this word the wrong way. This is a glorious word. What's the most common refrain you hear in people in church about patience? I know you've heard this. This is a little joke we tell church people. Elbow each other and chuckle with our holy humor. You know what it is. You ready? Hey, don't pray for patience. How many times have you heard that? Why? Because God will answer. Oh, no. God's going to give you a fruit of the Spirit. You don't want that. Can you imagine somebody making the joke, don't pray for love? Oh, yeah? Well, guess what? Love is sacrifice. Love is dying to self to bring somebody else up. We don't like that either. You wouldn't ever hear anybody make a joke and say, don't pray for joy. But in Philippians chapter 4, we find out that joy means being able to be hungry and starving in prison. That wasn't a joke. But you wouldn't hear anybody Say, don't pray for peace, and peace is promised to us in the valley of the shadow of death. When we go through the hardships and of life and experience the comfort of the spirit of peace. But somehow, we've got to the point where it's all right to make a joke about this fruit of the spirit of patience. What does that say? We don't get it. We don't understand patience. We understand a little bit about love and joy and peace, and that's why we don't make those jokes. But friends, listen, if there were no patience, none of us would be here this morning. If there were no patience, the first time we sinned against God, we'd be in hell. If there were no patience, this whole world would be wiped out. Let me explain and show you the glory of patience. It all starts with who God is. Just like he is a God of love, 
He is the God of patience. In Romans 15, verse 5, Paul calls him the God of endurance. He is the God who endures for a long time. It's Exodus 34, verse 6, when God reveals himself to Moses, he says this, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, my name is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And he was proving it even before the days of Moses. Friend, if you go all the way back to the garden, you see the fall of impatience. God gave Adam and Eve in paradise one command. And in their human sinfulness, they gave in to this temptation to not believe the wisdom of God, to not wait on Him, to not trust Him, and to find out what they could on their own, to eat from that tree. Friends, listen, all impatience is a statement that we do not believe God is wise, that He is not worth trusting to wait on. Abraham, we've already talked about that. Moses and the Israelites could not wait on God for the promised land. Even as Moses is up on the mountain getting those Ten Commandments, Aaron and the Israelites are impatient. They're building a golden calf to worship and to sing songs to, to celebrate this false God who has given them supposed freedom. Impatience. Friends, listen. Impatience is a statement from you. Impatience is a statement from me that God is not smart enough or God is not good enough to give us what we need when we need it. But, friends, the glory of patience is seen in God's mercy. In Noah's day, the world was completely evil, full of evil, and God spares Noah and his family. And what does he do? He puts a sign above the skies, the rainbow, to point to his faithfulness and to point to his patience. That he would never wipe out the entire world all at once. And God continues to put up with the grumbling people in the era of the judges and the kings and the prophets. God is patient with his people. That's why as Paul looks back on all of the works of God and he looks at the cross as the apex of God's work in mankind, he says in Romans 3, verse 25, that in God's forbearance, his divine patience, he had passed over former sins. Had God not been patient in that Old Testament time, we never would have got to the cross. But God sends his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the king of patience. And what does he do? Think about it. We are reading and studying the Lord's life. God does not send his son to, to get down there and microwave our salvation. He's born as a baby. He grows up for 30 years and does nothing. Can you imagine? just sitting there waiting to accomplish everything that has been built up for thousands of years. We would be there and just say, get it over with. 
And then he starts his ministry and he spends three agonizing, excruciating, frustrating years with these dumb disciples who do not get it. Asking all the wrong questions and how does he handle them? He reacts godly. He's kind and patient and gentle and faithful to teach these young men what God is doing. And yet, the people of God, the people around Christ, do not receive him as king and crucify him. And how does Jesus respond then? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 When Jesus was reviled, Jesus did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. This is what Jesus is doing. He is reacting in a godly way to physical torture. Not cussing them out. Not displaying his infinite power but taking the brutal beating and the spitting and the cursing and the mocking on himself, trusting that God is wise even in that moment. And he bore himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree, taking the full vent of God's wrath on all of the sin that God had passed over for thousands of years on him that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, which includes the fruit of the Holy Spirit. By his wounds, you have been healed. But it's not over. (laughs) What year is this? 2022. How long, O Lord? Even after Jesus accomplishes everything, he sends his Holy Spirit to start the slow-cooked, marinated work of God in Christ in the church. Not a microwaved Instagram home-cooked meal. This is a long process. The spirit is called a spirit of endurance, a spirit of power and self-control. Colossians 1 verse 11, Paul prays that we would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Why? For all endurance and patience with joy. Just look at that three-word phrase. God prays that we would be strengthened with God's power so that we could suffer for a long time and be joyful while it happens. that's a prayer. Have we ever prayed that for us? Friends, think about the beauty of patience. Patience saves us. Patience is what gives us an opportunity to have access to God. 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Can I help you here, friend? I'm I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to everyone here. I don't care if you've been in church for 80 plus years. This is even more true in your life because God's been putting up with you longer than me. God is not slow. God is patient. God is kind. God is waiting on us. He is not wishing that any would perish. He is giving you and me more and more opportunities to respond to his grace. 
He could have wiped you out immediately. What in the world gives you the right to have as many years as you have? God's grace and patience. How long should he have to put up with our ungrateful hearts and complaining mouths? He's waited long enough, but he is giving us an opportunity. Friends, you might have been here every week of your life, but you've never turned to Christ as your king. God is being patient with you, and he's calling you to repent. And friends, there is going to be a point where that patience runs out and your time is up. Do not test the Lord in that. I have shown you the gospel this morning. If God is calling you by the Holy Spirit to believe in Jesus for real, to let his spirit live inside you for real, and to develop these fruits in your life for real, come to Christ today. But this, friends, this this patience is even more beautiful. Patience is what shapes you and me into the image of Christ. Patience is what makes you and me look like Jesus. Look at Romans 5, verse 3 to 4. Paul says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance or patience produces character. And character produces hope. Friend, you don't get character without endurance. And you don't get hope without patience. I heard it phrased this way. All an oyster tries to do is spit sand out. It can't stand the sand sitting inside. But when it has to struggle and sit with that sand for a long period of time, what happens? It develops something that's so precious, we will spend top dollar on it. That endurance, that season of frustration produces a pearl. But you don't get that pearl unless the oyster suffers for a long time. Brothers and sisters, you don't get the pearls of the gospel. You don't get the pearls and the blessing of life with God without endurance and patience. If you try to build your life to be as as easy as possible, as carefree as possible, you are choosing to walk away from God's blessing. Because character comes through endurance. Hope comes through patience. Patience is what makes you and me like Christ. So go ahead, by all means, and tell somebody not to pray for that. Friends, listen, patience proves to the world that God is who he is and that he is faithful. Patience is our witness to a world that doesn't get sitting in suffering. James chapter 5, verse 11, James writes, Behold, We consider, do we? We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. It says, we consider those happy who remained patient. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Just as Job's life has been a witness for the longest time, when we endure and we suffer and we trust the Lord and experience the patience of the Holy Spirit, a world sees something 
different. So friend, let me ask, why do we hate patience? If it saves us, if it makes us look like Jesus, if it tells the world about his glory, how do we speak so poorly of this treasure? Paul says, be transformed by renewing your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you think about patience. You can start by changing the way you speak about it. And this is for free. How can you go and grow in patience? Totally for free here. Do something slow. Purposefully choose not to go the quick route. Develop a habit that causes you to stop and slow down. Not joking when I say this. Sit through an entire baseball game. The reason the world is not liking baseball anymore is because it is slow. They're bringing in that pitch clock to try to get this game moving. It is not like basketball. It is not like soccer. It is just a bunch of waiting. You know those batters, every single pitch, they watch one come by, right? It goes by, and then they get out, and they walk around, and they do their thing, and they scratch, and they spit, and they do all that, and then they throw a pitch, and they do it again. And then the pitcher does his thing. And it takes seven hours to get through one inning. But you know what? In our world, it would do us some good if we watched some baseball. Just to sit and slow down. Friends, don't don't get caught in in this this hype where your life revolves around 10-second videos. And you just need to see the next 10 seconds and the next 10 seconds and the next 10 seconds. That does not satisfy. Instant gratification is anti-gospel. Let me help you with one more. Turn the TV off and read a book. Go grab War and Peace and read all 1,500 pages of that. It's a classic for a reason. You might learn something, and you might even enjoy it. We just need to let our life go a little slower. And friends, what I'm trying to say is if we try to develop these habits, what we might find is that God uses some of these things in our life to build up some character so that when real problems happen, we've got some kind of formation of patience. If God gave you another idea, try it. Okay, that was free. Let's look at patience at one more level. A call to patience. If you have your Bible still open, you can look with me at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Be patient with me, all right? I I see the clock here, but this is important. So I'm going to ask for your patience. Practice what I'm preaching. That was a joke. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians, verse 14. Paul writes, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, 
be patient with them all. If we can keep that verse up there, I would appreciate that. There are three commands for specific groups of people, and there, are, there is one command for everybody, right? You see, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Each one of those has a specific command. You don't admonish the faint-hearted. You don't help the idle. You do these things with these specific people, but with everyone, be patient. And Paul is talking to everyone here in the church. Everyone, admonish the idle. Everyone, encourage the faint-hearted. Everyone, help the weak. Everyone, be patient with everyone. I just want to show you a few things that I've thought about as I've sat on this verse for a little while. We need to hear this. Friends, listen. Patience does not mean be passive. Patience does not mean be passive. Sometimes, especially, I don't know, when you're in your mid-30s, hanging out around people who are in older seasons of life, this word patience becomes a trap, becomes a weapon. We use this word to, to tell those of us in my season, don't make any moves, don't, don't make any changes in my life, don't push us this, this direction. And we, we turn patience, we're tempted to turn patience into this mechanism that keeps us from doing anything difficult. To avoid hard things. When the word patience literally means to endure hard things. And on top of that, Paul is saying, what in this verse? Well, the first command, admonish the idle. Literally, what that means is, warn the passive. Stop their inactivity. The word idle can also mean disorder. Paul is, is saying, you, we, you go fishing, and things happen. What happens to that, that fishing wire? It gets all tangled up. It all becomes a mess. Well, if you listen to us, patience means don't try to untangle that cord. Friends, what Paul is saying is fix it, admonish it, put a stop to the messiness, put some order into that cord. But while you do that, have a godly attitude that responds to that disorder in a way like Christ. Admonish the idol. Leon Morris tells us it's a military term for a soldier who does not keep rank and stay in line. Paul is saying you actively need to get them back on the job. Push them. On top of that, Paul says, encourage the faint-hearted. Get to work. Be active in cheering up the ones who are worried about all this. Spend time lifting up those who are lacking in confidence. The ones who are scared about what you're saying, encourage them, get with it, stay on it. Don't hold back, push them, 
And while you do it, actively help the weak. Devote your time to them. Devote your energy. Devote your resources to those who are in need. Every one of those is an active command. But while you're doing that, while you're staying busy, church, while you're not being idle, while you're not being faint-hearted, while you're helping the weak, Respond to the frustrations that come your way in a way that looks like Jesus. Hear me. The fruit of the spirit of patience is not an excuse to do nothing. It is an attitude that helps you put up with anything. Why am I sharing this with us, friends. Brothers and sisters, we have grown idle. We have become passive. Some of us have gone through so many trials and struggles, we are faint-hearted and worried. And sad. And some of us are at a point in life where we are genuinely weak and not as capable as we used to be. But, brothers and sisters, we must remember the active endurance of Christ, the active endurance of God while he was waiting, did not do nothing but continued sending and working and pushing his people towards Christ. That's why after this chapter where we see the fruit of patience, Paul tells the Galatians in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 this, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We can't give up. And if you are giving up, I'm admonishing you to stop giving up. If you are not putting in your work and putting in your weight, I'm admonishing you to put in your weight, to work for the Lord, to sow the seeds. It ain't the season yet. We still have work to do, and in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. The second thing I want to show you in this verse, if we can pull it back up, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Everyone, everyone deserves your patience. Warn the idle, but be patient with them. Encourage those ready to quit but bear with them too. Support the weak ones who have little to offer, but don't give up on them either. Be patient with them all. Think about the person in your life who tests your patience the most. Just the mention of their name causes you to stress out. 
You're trying to block them out of your mind right now. That person, that person deserves your patience. They deserve it. Everyone deserves your patience because no one deserves God's patience. And we get that anyway. Friends, that includes those who have purposefully sinned against us. Colossians 3, verse 12 to 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Where does he go with this? Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And when he's talking about this, he is talking about real people with real hurts, with real conflicts, with real pain, because he believes in a spirit with real power and real healing, and real reconciliation, real patience. Friend, who needs your forgiveness? Who deserves some of that patience that God has given you? Jean Green writes, how many churches would be transformed today by listening to this simple call? Let's extend that, though. How many lives would be changed if we were patient with them all? How many homes, how many marriages, how many families would be different if you were patient with every member in your family? How many workplaces would be a little bit different. But yes, how many churches? It may not make the art that we hang on our walls, but brothers and sisters, we would do well and we would glorify God if we let patience adorn who we are. People would see us and see the patience of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. Paul prays, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness, the patience of Christ. Let us pray.